Welcome to Energy Unleashed, a unique podcast that kicks off each episode with an energy update of an actual client healing session from Suzanne Worthley, a full-time intuitive energy practitioner and holistic healer. Suzanne openly shares real client challenges and fears from health issues to personal relationships to ghosts and land hauntings to death and dying and more. Directly following each energy update, Suzanne invites co-host Kim Hess to join her in Unleash to present the human perspective, share real life experiences, and offer professional energy tactics to help you navigate life here on Earth and beyond. Hello and welcome back everyone to Energy Unleashed with Suzanne and Kim. I talk about my actual client cases at the very beginning of this podcast so that we can maybe learn from one another. Each of the clients that I work with, I ask if it is okay to share on an anonymous basis some of the details of their session. And oftentimes I will find many clients have similar journeys And oftentimes, by the way, it's at similar times. Um, It's kind of how energy works, I think. And it's always really super neat to hear people's stories so that you can kind of glean something off of it, learn from it, or just completely honor it, or actually maybe even be entertained by it, whatever. Um, So I am going to talk a little bit about a client that I have had for quite some time now. And recently, actually uh, almost a year ago, she lost her partner and husband, Uh, This was probably, I think, a second husband or so of hers, but it was quite a um, strong relationship, and he passed away a year ago from uh, health issues and such. But this particular client is an amazing woman in terms of understanding soul contracts. And when we unleash this in a little bit with Kim um, further, we're going to talk a little bit more about soul contracts because I think that this is part of the reason why this particular client did such a, and is doing, I should say, such a great job at uh, moving forward in life. And yet it is kind of interesting how guilt continues to weave into the process. And this is part of the things we were working on in her session. This gentleman that left Planet left her in a very great financial position. And uh, this is a really great joy factor for her, but at the very same time, it offers a lot of guilt attached to it. And this is something we're going to talk a little bit further on because guilt can come from within inside of us, but it can also come from others on the outside looking in. This client is also at a point where she is looking at maybe new relationships, starting to date, finding some, you know, others to fill her day and, and kind of expand her life. And this is, again, something that she's getting a lot of judgment and guilt on from those outside of herself. Many of uh, her family and friends are starting to question, is it too early? Are you sure you should be dating this quickly? It's only been a year and so on and so forth. So this has been almost putting forward a fear in her that is triggering old energy beliefs. This is what we were working on when we did the session work. It was the old energy beliefs that can resurface and trigger within her matrix bringing forward things like, oh my God, I don't know if I should be dating because I'm scared. Uh, What if in, you know, I pick this guy to date and then in six months he turns out to be a complete jerk. This has happened to me in the past. You know, I fall for them. I go hard. I open up my heart and then I get broken and on and on. And this was her history before the partner that she had that died. And she was 
thinking that now if she jumps back into the dating pool, this actually may resurface and be part of her life again. And she's not really willing to open up and be vulnerable to that. And yet she really wants to have some fun in her life and have someone to share things with. So there's a lot of crisscrossed information going through not only her brain and in her head, but in her body and really in her what we would call consciousness container of old experiences. There's a lot of um, confusing information on, you know, what's right, what's wrong, guilt-filled, judgment, etc. So this being judged by others is one of the pieces I really want to unleash with Kim a little bit because we oftentimes are very confused on how to grieve. And nobody, in my opinion, has a time clock on actual grief. And everyone does it their own way. And oftentimes we do it in different ways. And we change those ways and we modify those ways and so forth. So this is a very big piece of this client's work is how do I navigate this grief? Um, I told her during the certain session that it is important to hold her truth about understanding this death. You know, she perceives death differently than most people because she has spiritual insight on soul contracts and understanding that people do leave planet when they are supposed to from a higher space, etc. And so when she holds that truth, it's important to do that because others can learn from that. And I want to talk about that a little bit more and how, how maybe that plays out in the real world here. So um, we talked a lot in her session about self-care and, and you know, spending time on her and how do we have a relationship with ourself first because whatever energy frequency she's at at this point in time is going to then determine who she pulls in as a third dimensional 3D person to date at this point in time. And oftentimes we will have a repeat situation in our relationships because our individual energy is still at the same frequency. So the beacon that we are sending out is same, same, same. So I keep dating the same kind of a person. I keep having the same kind of trouble. I keep resulting in the same ending, et cetera. So these are all kinds of the things that we talked about in this particular client session and, you know, joy and guilt and judgment and honoring contracts, et cetera. So I'm really excited to welcome Kim into this now so that we can kind of like unleash this and, and expand on it because many, many, many people are losing, you know, loved ones at all times. But it seems to be now we're, we're losing people faster and quicker and in a bigger way, not just because of pandemics, but because people are truly from a higher perspective leaving this planet when it's their time. And um, this is something that a lot of us are going to encounter in our lives somewhere along the road. So I think it's a great one to, you know, to dive in on. So welcome, Kim. Well, thank you. Looking forward to kind of unleashing this thing, right? So <laughs> it's a lot, you know, and um, this particular client is um, probably in her uh, mid 60s ish, maybe, um, maybe later 60s, and has a heck of a lot of awesome beautiful energy left. Uh, when she lost her partner a year ago, I worked with her very, very um, immediately after that, and, and obviously had been prior to. But um, her knowledge of understanding on what we would call soul contracts was so profound that it really changed her experience in losing her partner. And I think that's really an amazing way to, to look at death. 
But so soul contracts, um, I don't know if everybody knows nope, what that they is. they don't. And that's what yeah. you're opening up. <laughs> so, so, yep. Because one of the things I want to know is um, when you understand, you know, you go through that and talk about soul contracts. Does she understand her contract like more than a normal person would? Yes. Cool. And so oh my God. we're going to back it up. And that's why Kim's <laughs> here is to always like point out what are you talking about for the quote unquote normal person that is wondering what you're even saying right now. The soul before it comes into the incarnated body, in my opinion, and many opinions, is in a situation in between lives where we are meeting with our higher self, our guides, our God source, our benevolence, our angelics, all of those beings that help us move forward with our lives in between lives and incarnations. And they help us determine who we are going to encounter in the 3D realm. Who are we going to be partnered with? Who is our mom, our dad, our children, our grandchildren? Who's our enemies? Who's our neighbors? Who's Who are the people in 3D form that are going to be integral in creating this existence with me? And these are not all concrete. They are all up in the air for obviously free will choices throughout our, our journey. But these are what we would call contracts with the other essence or the being that will come in or has already been in or will come in in the future because time does not exist when we make these so-called agreements. And these agreements will always um, benefit each other in some way. Now that benefit does not necessarily play out as a great thing on earth plane. Sometimes I benefit myself in learning about self-love, self-care, um, power by actually taking a position and a contract with someone that on 3D planetary experience is abusive or controlling or manipulative. So be very clear that soul contracts don't all be rainbows and bunnies down here. It oftentimes can be a very difficult relationship, um, struggles, um, you know, things that I'm overcoming or understanding or growing into or walking away from these contracts in a higher realm, however, benefit both parties. And so it, we choose these people. And this is a really tricky concept. Well, especially when you're talking about traumatic relationships. Right. I, that one is always hard to understand. Why would, why would you come down? Why would you pick to be abused as a child. Right. And, and I get this all the time right. from clients. There's no way I picked my mother. She was abusive. She was horrid. Uh, yes, you did. Because from the perspective, again, of the soul, the soul's one of the primary purposes for coming in potentially in that scenario would be for me to learn self-love, for me to get to a space and a place of attaining a self-love frequency, a forgiveness frequency, a compassion frequency, an atonement frequency, a whatever. All of these things are determined from a place of a win-win when we're in between lives. But somebody has to take what we would consider the role of the negative behavior in order for me to have the information and or the experience to learn and grow from. And so down here on Earth planet, it doesn't look like I would ever want to have anything to do with you. And from the higher perspective, if I do not move into a victim mode and think my life sucks and I can't believe this happened and my life is over and all this crap happens to me and nothing is ever good in my life. That victim mode mentality means I did not actually learn my lesson that I came in to learn. I did not graduate and take on that contract with love and grace and move through it and beyond it. I actually 
and I don't want to use the word failed, but I actually chose to not move through that. If that is the case, I will eventually go back in between lives and recontract somehow, some way for that particular lesson or with that particular person. So when we start to see anything in our life that is negative or scary or difficult or hard as something that from a higher perspective I signed up for, I can start to work with love and gratitude. Now, be very clear. This does not condone bad behavior. This does not condone abuse. This does not mean that, oh, I have to just be so grateful for you for beating me. That is not what I'm saying in any way, shape, or form. In fact, in 3D on Earth planet, I do not even have to have a relationship with that person that was abusive to me. In fact, if they're toxic, I have every right to walk away. Where forgiveness and opening up to this and and allowing and accepting happens is in my heart space, is in that in-between space, is in that, oh, I actually get to forgive you for me. I'm the one that allows forgiveness. I forgive me. I walk away. There is no victim. I learn from this and I move forward. Does that start to make a little bit more sense? It, yeah, it's just really, it's a, it's so, um, mind screw. It is because, you know, the whole idea that you're picking that, like, yeah. or, or that you're picking suicide or that you're picking, you know, to be, um, a miscarriage or yeah. you're picking any of those things. And let's talk about some of that because a miscarriage might be that I am from the soul's contract, the mother, I agreed to just allow that essence to be in utero because that's all they chose to experience. And I agreed to that. Mm -hmm. And if I go through life thinking I failed, I did something wrong and I lost this baby or I did something wrong that this baby couldn't come through, I missed the contract. I, I didn't do that. Or if I miscarried because the contract was for me to understand a different sense of my body, I miscarried for me to understand that that contract was about me understanding safety in my body and understanding that I get to grow into a different physical form to be able to trust this meat and bone experience to carry then the next incarnation. That might be the contract of the one that left. And on and on it goes. There's a million weaves to this that we aren't made privy to. And so we don't need to be made privy to the details of this if we can if we can come to the space of owning the fact that I contracted for this. If I contracted for my partner to die and I'm still here, I'm going to be pissed as hell on earth because he or she left me. You left me. Or God, you're the parent that died when I was five. I wouldn't contract for that. And I would say, yes, you did. Because that contract has you, for whatever reason you signed up for, growing up without that parent in physical form. And this is a part of the structure of what you're stepping into to become who it is that you chose to become. But if I go through my life being, woe is me, I'm victimized, I never had a parent that abandoned me, you know, I'm alone, I'm not good enough, no one wants me. If I do all of that, I missed the lesson. And again, lose-lose, I will have to repeat that lesson plan or atone with that other contract. And so these are really important. And this is what this particular client understood is that this gentleman came into my life as a partner and husband. I shared a certain amount of years of experience. Uh, like I said, it was a second or maybe even third, I don't know, husband. And so she didn't have tons and tons of years with him. And they had a, a beautiful relationship in terms of fun and adventure and all kinds of things. And just when they thought they were going to, you know, really go for it because now we're in retirement, you know, this happens often. 
Right? It does. Yeah. It yeah. Does. Now it's time. You wait to have that fun yep, and that we time got, together. We got all the freedom. We got all the money. And, oh my God, you know, and then right. you go and die on me. And so this could have been much more traumatic had she not understood the processes of that you actually were there to allow me to have a sense of freedom and expression in my life and move forward. And the beauty in watching this particular client when she you know, went through this process of, of loss was amazing to, to watch her embrace that at the very same time. Yes. In a three D realm, she's mad. She's pissed. She's angry. She's lonely. She's frustrated. And, and this will play out back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's not always like, Oh, I understand everything. Everything's great. I have no sadness. You know, that's well, not, that's most healing though like, right. i mean you, it, you you think that you just nailed it and you're through it and you're not yeah. no you're gonna it, get it, the rug it'll pulled out up. it'll yep. come back yeah yep and she did get the rug pulled out many times because of course you have to in terms of grief mm-hmm. grief is very real i don't care how much you know soul contracts i mean i'm very very aware of them but if the day i lose you know one of my family or friends the rug will pull out from me also mm-hmm. but at the very same time, there's an anchor inside of me that knows inside and out that this is a piece of my reality. I've known this since I was a kid. I understand. I understood soul contracts when I was a child. I never. And amazingly, of course, I go and sign up from a soul perspective with a soul contract of a father who's a mortician. <laughs> and I understand death in between lives and renegotiating contracts as a child. And so when I was tromping around the funeral home I part of me is like what what is your deal don't you understand they're supposed to be dead you know I was this flippant yeah, little why child why is everybody crying yeah why are y'all What's crying yeah. don't you understand they're supposed to be gone you know I was this <laughs> flippant little child but it, it doesn't mean that Suzanne as a human would not be grieving or sad mm-hmm. or missing or scared or angry or pissed or all of those emotions are natural mm-hmm. it's the depth of the understanding of honoring someone's soul contract to be able to allow your inner knowing to say, I signed up for this. I will be okay because this was the negotiation in the first place. The, yeah, that's it's the difference. fascinating. I just... It is fascinating. It is because all of the different scenarios and all of the choices we make through our lives where you think you're, you know, you don't know why you're making some of those choices mm-hmm. because you don't have that knowledge of your contract mm-hmm. necessarily, that it's it just how you end up where you need to be, you know, and you might take the long road, but if you, you know, in that contract, I would guess if you choose and you don't have to choose to open your brain to this, if this doesn't resonate for you, you know, you can always just skip this one, mm-hmm. turn it off or let it percolate in your head or, you know, accept it or whatever. Cause we're not here to be your truth. We're just here to give you the opportunity to understand if you choose to Look at life and scenarios in your life per contracts. You start to take your power back in every way, shape, and form. When I lose somebody I love, my power goes with them in many cases. So when I allow myself to know I've contracted with you, I take my power back. I take my power back without guilt, shame, or all of the things that are forced upon me when these situations happen by outside sources. And this is exactly what started to happen to this particular client. She was going through, even with the depth of this knowledge, she was going through um, waves, I would say, of guilt patterns of being in this great financial position. He literally set her up financially in a 
unbelievably awesome way. She's in a beautiful um, condo overlooking the city, um, financially stable, brand new vehicle, you know, all bills paid the whole nine yards, kind of a feeling of how do I get to have all this and not have you? Mm. Now, this is part of the grief. What the hell? I got all the stuff, but you're who I want. But when we go, oh my goodness, you actually stepped out of this scenario that I'm in this wealth and abundance. What does that mean? And what do I get to do with that? And so when somebody then starts to go, oh, I actually have your financial support from beyond the veil to do self-help, to do massages because I'm sad and I'm grieving, to do, you know, personal coaching, to do metaphysical work, to do and on and on and on. I have the financial ability because of you to redecorate the apartment in my way now, not our way even. Mm -hmm. And on and on this goes without guilt attached, but this guilt will come and go because that's the pressure we get from the outside. So through family, friends, Sure. Even core beliefs, I would think, within her. Everybody, because um, it definitely is perceptions of, wow, how can you be so happy? You should be really sad. Well, think about back in the day, you had to wear black for six months or a year or, you know, and and not do certain things in your life. And it's who... I mean, it just it floors me. That, who made all that crap? Right. That, you know, like you said, you give your power away when you allow somebody to set expectations on what grieving is for you. Yep. And um, the whole idea that someone can decide uh, what's good or bad for you, it just blows me away. Uh, and my favorite is, is that because you experience loss, you shouldn't have joy. What is that? Where does that come from? Right. That doesn't even make sense. But this is very typical of a lot of my not only clients, but family and friends and everyone that I've known in the world of death and dying is, is that how do I actually feel joy when I should really feel like shit because I lost you, you know? And the reality is, is you actually didn't lose them you lost them in the container that they signed up for you in the original contract. And this is where we get even a little deeper here to unleash and unwind (laughs) is that this particular person also knows that this spouse of hers is very present, that this spouse of hers is the one that does the, you know, turn my lights off and, oh my God, I felt the rush of cool air and that bird at the window is you. And all of that inner knowing of communication honoring the fact that my spouse does not have to be in the meat and bone container that we originally signed up for in order to continue a relationship of support and compassion and kindness and guidance, especially. Um, This is another layer that we don't necessarily embrace because that's a little weird to think about, right? Oh, but I think it's so healthy. It's huge. Like I just, um, in, in any buddy that I know in my life where there has been death, like maybe in the last year or two, it's, it's that, oh my gosh, I know like my aunt is a red Cardinal, the Cardinals show up, you know, and, and my cousins will have that random Cardinal at weird times just show up. And, and how, how great is that to think that? And really nasty, skeptical people will go, oh, whatever. How dumb is that? It's just a coincidence. It's a bird. Yes, it's a bird. Is my aunt actually a bird? No. 
my aunt did not transmute into a bird. (laughs) It's just not what it is, okay? (laughs) What it is is it's the frequency of like finding like meaning, my heart space, my vibration, my thought pattern, my, you know, imagining whatever, scent of what we would call beacon out or signal out, or we always like to think of it as the old days of Batman with the bat signal, sent it out into the ethers. And then my essence of that aunt comes forward and utilizes something as simple in nature as a bird to be able to connect that dot for me. And the more open I am to that, I can open then my heart space and feel the vibrational connection more so than really it's the bird. It's the vibrational connection and that inner knowing and that that communication in a package of a feathered, you know, friend. And so we we can choose to think that's stupid and silly or we can choose to know with all my heart that right now that is my aunt. Yeah. And for that individual person that's feeling that. Right. And that's that's love. Yeah. I mean, you feel that, you know, I think it's a great way to look at you know, as you're going through the grieving process. And it's honoring the actual choice of the person to move forward in their essence, to change and transmute into a different vehicle. Mm -hmm. It's honoring the fact that I contracted with you to say, I'm still here on planet in my meat and bone vehicle. You're contracted to now be on planet in a different kind of a vehicle. And how do we still continue this relationship and make this work? In what ways is that of our benefit, et cetera, et cetera. So this particular knowing for her, I told her, is very important, in my opinion, as a practitioner for her to not just understand it and live it, but to actually share it if she chooses to, because this is a way of opening people's minds and hearts to the fact that, you know, he's not gone. He let's say, let's say his was the bird thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. For her to blatantly say unabashed and joyfully, that's him. I know that's him. It's a bird. And if you don't think it is, that's fine. But I know that's a bird. And to hold that integrity and to hold that joy factor and to hold that belief unwaveringly, no matter the judgment or the silly you're just a goof or oh my god I'm worried about you you need a padded room you know all of that arrows that are being thrown at me if I can deflect all of those arrows and just hold that truth somebody along the way is going to get a seed of that truth if they choose to Mm -hmm. and then they're going to if they choose to water that seed grow that seed and grow into that belief system as well and this is how we would advance each other by each other's experiences like we're doing in these you know unleashed podcasts is to understand other people's stories and if it resonates as truth awesome great mm-hmm. you know grow it oh yeah um so i want to go back to like does she what does she know about her contract what, doing all the work that she was doing metaphysical work work energy work with you all of that does she know uh, more about her contract of what she's moving forward in well one except you I mean for her to go through the period of time and grieving um knowing that it was his contract mm-hmm. and her contract mm-hmm. um but now knowing going forward like wh- where where's the next avenues of her contract to expand because a lot of it energetically when i will be the practitioner will show up in their actual field and in this particular woman's case as in many cases a lot of her um, tentacled energy or corded energy will run from her sacral, which is relationships, and our feel centers and emotions up to her throat. 
And our throat is our communications and our truth chakra. So oftentimes when we work, she carries a tremendous amount of energy in the upper shoulders, the back of the neck, the front of the throat, and it will affect that sacral area. So it's understanding my truths. And for many years, she's very boisterous, outgoing, huge, giant energy, but doesn't necessarily hold her truth and has in the past very much been, you know, oh, I started this relationship with you. Like we said, her history was, oh, I'm going to open my heart to you. I'm just going to go full bashed. And then all of a sudden you're a jerk. Well, that is not holding your truth. If I have a history of I'm going to jump into a relationship, I'm going to open my heart, I'm going to give you everything, and I'm just going to go for it, and then all of a sudden you turn out to be a jerk, this indicates you don't know your truth factor. You're not being truthful to you. If you have the kind of a repeat relationship, which was prior to the husband, Mm -hmm. um, over and over again of revealing yourself as an ass six months into it, and now I have to leave or you abandon me, This says that you are not running your own integral tooth barometer. You're not in relationship with your own self. You are not understanding your signals from your benevolent helpers, your guides, your own physicality to say, this is not working. So this is usually how these relationships will end up is like, oh, and then you left me or you cheated on me. When in reality, I had a million signs. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So some of the things she's learning for her continuation of her contract is to really do the work now to have a joy factor in her life, not mm-hmm. have the fear factor, stand up for her true truth, her not her, not her I'm going to accommodate you truth, not her I'm going to change my story to make sure that I don't feel judged truth. I'm going <laughs> to listen to what you have to say and then change my path truth. All mm-hmm. of those are integral parts of her continuing contract that now she has the time and the space to engage in new relationships to do this differently. And this is part of the reason he exits with her in a place of safe um, financial status, ability, uh, mobility, uh, still has health, uh, wellness, being able to go, go, go still. All of those joyful things are still available to her. But now it's to I don't want to say practice with new people, but mm-hmm. to engage with new partners to find, oh, gosh, I can do this differently. Does that make some sense for you? Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's what you're saying is it's setting her um, in. She's in a place right now that um, she's I, I know when you when you're having struggles that you really the whole safety factor mm-hmm. um, and especially when you're looking at bad relationships previously, you know, and, and following your intuition, that type of thing. Um, now that she's in a place that she doesn't have to worry about yep. some of the other 3D world yep. things, yep. all the materialistic exactly. kind of stuff that she can really focus on herself to grow and, and continue to be better. Ex- you nailed that, you nailed it exactly. So um, um, when we're, when we are in this position, she now has the ability to finish her lesson plan. Mm -hmm. So by someone exiting, we oftentimes don't understand that this allows me to finish my lesson plan of what I contracted with you in the beginning for. Right. Uh, Sometimes the other person actually needs to get out of the way. And I don't mean that flippantly or negatively or, or, you know, brash in any way. They exit, plan it, so that I can finish my job. And so 
that's a hard one for people to get their head around. But this is oftentimes oh, yes. how sole contracts work. Yeah, that's a, a well, none of this is easy. I'm going to say that because so <laughs> your eyeballs are kind of just like, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but when you when you look at where she's at, I mean, I'm sure that this changed. Um, you know, as she's going through her grieving period and moving into her, you know, dating, moving out there with her family and friends and out and about her self care. Yes, I would guess has changed and is much different than when. She was with him. Okay. And, and this is, again, you, I didn't actually tell completely part of the story and you kind of nailed that. The gentleman that left planet that died, her partner actually had a lot of health issues and had a lot of mm. health struggles and was needing her to help him and fix him and be with him and, and assist him. And this is part of her MO in the past is to be the caregiver and to be the one that's always doing for everybody else. And this will happen in soul contracts as well, is oftentimes when we sign up to be that caregiver, um, we can have contracts that completely do that same situation over and over and over and over and over again in every lifetime or in one lifetime. And or sometimes we do it to the extent of, oh, now I'm done with that. And my actual lesson from this point on is to learn how to take care of myself. And that is, wow. We've been there. I mean you know, with the focus on everyone, especially raising mm -hmm. a family, mm -hmm. you know, when you, when you give it all to everyone else, um, there are sacrifices that you make in your own health, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual and jobs. Right? I mean, this is another thing that she was doing. Give, 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 give to the job, yeah. give to the family, give to the children. And she was giving to him as well. And when the sick person or the one that takes, take, takes, and I'm not saying he was taking poorly, but I mean, takes all that energy because you're giving it. Mm -hmm. Um, exits, I, I then have an opportunity to reevaluate where does that time quotient go now? All of that time that I invested in everything and everybody else actually has the ability to go back to me. And this is, again, where guilt can hit. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, not only do I have the time, the space, the home, the money, the ability, but now I actually have the actual hours in the day to spend on me. And this can be kind of mind-torking in terms of is that selfish? I mean, what is that about? And then others from the outside looking in can oftentimes start to think you're self-absorbed or you're having way too much fun. You should still be grieving. And so these mixed messages that we get are very confusing on how to move forward in, in your own contract mm -hmm. again. Does, you know, I mean. Oh, so confusing. Yeah. And again, you know, that goes back to, you know, um, judgment and setting expectations for someone else. It's, it's just. And you just, know, you know, think about this. If I'm the one that's taking care of the kids, taking care of the kids, taking care of the kids and the husband and, blah, 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 and then the husband leaves and I all of a sudden start taking care of me, even though the kids might be adult, if I shift my focus to me, mm -hmm. judgment is going to go times 10. Not only am I going to judge that, well, wait a minute, because humans are not always that nice. And if I'm the one that has the benefit of a co-giver, if I'm the one that has a mom who's done everything for me, I don't have the ability to even navigate that myself. And when that gets taken away, there's a heck of a lot of judgment that's going to come out immediately as, uh, you know, wait, what about me? And it's going to turn into that victim controller crap. We're going to start to be victimized because you're paying attention to yourself. And where did my money and time go? Why aren't you spending that on me now? And et cetera, et cetera. So these, again, can be really difficult um, 
family situations. Yeah, and I think some of these situations come up in different stages of life without having death. Yeah, and, oh you know, gosh, right? yeah. So think about, you know, when, when you finally retire. Yes. <clears throat> and you have time, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the same kind of thing can happen. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. How can you go do whatever you want, you know, all day long and, oh, yeah. and have so much fun? And I'm taking care of my kids. Why don't you take my kids? Well, you know, that, it, it can even be more ridiculously concrete than that. I mean, me being a so-called empty nester now after four kids finally being out, you know, went and changed one of the kids' rooms. And they're like, wait, that's my room. And I'm like, no, you're a full adult <laughs> owning and renting uh, renting another complete ho- house with roommates and having a life to yourself. And this is not any longer your room. And they're like, yeah, but that's my space. And I'm like, yeah, actually, it's not. And the, those ownerships and judgments of you, you're you're leaving me, you're moving on without me, I'm not good enough anymore, you don't love me. All of those ridiculous <laughs> things are not real, and yet they're very, very real for the person who's in the moment. Oh, absolutely. And so yeah. let's times that by God knows how much when it's death involved and estates and money and stuff. I mean, death is a difficult thing to navigate anyway and you start to throw in power money and stuff you know and egos go through the roof this is why families lose their shit when people die because everybody's you know horns come out everybody's talons come out all the fight goes down to stuff and none of that is actually even real we create that as real and we we put a value system to stuff all of a sudden we put emotional value system into like things and it, a lot of families, including my own, through my dad's side of the family, um, a lot of the major fights and um, situations where people never talk to each other again, mm. it's around money and death. Never talk to each other again? Never, never wow. talk to each other again. And um, That's big. Yeah, and it was... It, See, you know, it really pays to not have any money in your family. <laughs> right? There's nothing <laughs> There's to fight over. <laughs> there are benefits to being damn broke. <laughs> No, there's always something to fight <laughs> <Right>. over. <laughs> always something to fight over from that stupid little piece of china to, you know, the grandfather clock. There's always something. So <laughs> I get it. But yeah, always. I mean, isn't that it's such a typical human reaction. And yet when we really come down to the core value of it, it doesn't even really make sense. I mean, it really doesn't make sense. And judgment is such um, a volatile feeling and it is so disempowering when we let others determine what is our truth. Well, I think the grief that you feel over that situation of being judged and, um, you know, expected to be something that you are not, you know, and you're not following your truth. Mm -hmm. I think that's harder than maybe the loss of the person potentially. Yeah. Because, you know, that that's a lot to deal with when you're already grieving, you know, for that person or, or trying to, you know, move through what you're moving through and to have that on top of it. And I think grief is so interesting because there isn't a way to do it right. Mm -hmm. And there are chances in jumping into relationships, um, you know, what others would maybe perceive as too early, because who's to say that you've even grieved or not yet, but that's not for somebody else to judge. Right. And maybe a new relationship is your way to actually move through grief. Maybe your actual joy factor being 
bumped up is what's actually helping you move through the process of sadness and loss. And so there's really no right or wrong or a time clock to grief. And this is a really tricky subject for most people because, you know, so many can go, oh, well, get over it, you know, get over it, move along. Mm -hmm. I mean, God, think of miscarriages, you know, well, so have another baby, you know, it's like, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. This is still, you know, an experience. So we don't get to throw down that kind of stuff on others, and yet we do it all the time. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Humans are crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think this, this whole thing about, um, you know, joy and bringing in joy and honoring the fact that life is still to be lived in one, you know, form or another or in a million forms all at the same time to to realize that I contracted to still be here in my opinion is really part of the understanding of the bigger picture of soul contracts if I contracted to still be here and you're not in physical form what does that mean what does that mean for me yeah it's huge well and I mean, when you think about mid sixties, that's young, mm-hmm. and you have no—I I mean, I, you have no idea how long. Well, I'm you thinking live, it's young. I didn't. I, it's to be. young. It's, well, I didn't I'm, think it was I'm really close to that too. So yes, um, but I there's so much um, opportunity and possibility, you know. And when, when you think about, um, especially, you know, if she's totally physically capable and yes. has the financial and everything, like you said. Why not go out and have fun? And um, and by the way, by her being in a better place emotionally and, and having the joy in her life, um, it should be a, a good influence on other relationships. You would think. You would think. Unless it's Their perspective and envy. And, and I mean, think of envy goes right along in that same little pocket with judgment. You know, I actually am judging you because I envy you. Which is their contract and their choices, right? Well, and the person that's doing envy and or judgment, all of those things are definitely in their own individualized mm-hmm. contract, signing up for another lesson in truth, another lesson in honoring somebody else's truth, another lesson in not manipulating and on and on and on. So we can start to see how you know, contracts can be huge or they can be teeny bits and threads and and they can be all varieties. I mean, I might have a contract with someone that I maybe haven't experienced with only once in my entire life, or maybe Mm -hmm. I have a contract, a serious one with one of my partners or my children or whatever. So they're all different versions of, but we can always, if we step back and look at things like, wow, this is an impact in my life. This person, this experience is an impact in my life. There's got to be a piece of this in my contract. And that's, I think, a really beautiful way to open your brain and your mind and your body to what the heck is really happening here? And what can I take my power back from instead of release my power to? It's so interesting that you said beautiful way because I was in my head, (laughs) listening to my inner voice, um, I was like, what a what a beautiful situation to find gratitude mm-hmm. in, you know, in all of that as you go through it. Um, so the person that's feeling envy and and jealous and you know all of those things, um, if they could actually 
find the joy in that other person, mm-hmm. you know, and find the the gratitude and, and all of it that goes with it. Their, their contracts just changed, right? Their path has just changed. Or their frequency right then and there it's can change. Changed. Yeah. yeah. If they allow it, because oneness is the whole reason why we're here. When we start to do service to self, meaning in a really great way, not being service to self, like me, 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 I, 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 self is selfish. Service to self, in my opinion, as a practitioner means I work on my own embodiment first. Mm-hmm. I work on my own fuel tank. I work on my aura. I work on my gasoline, my consciousness, my chakra system, my energy field, my truth, my knowingness, and on and on and on. I work on that stuff first because if I can't maintain that first, I can't share it. Okay. And if I don't have a powerful field that's maintained, I'm always going to be looking for things to siphon from. And this is who's judging. This is who's envying. Mm -hmm. I'm siphoning from when I'm having judgment and envy because I don't have the ability to maintain that fuel of self Mm -hmm. because I'm not doing my job. And so it's really understanding the mechanics of energy and then applying it even further to the contracts and what we're learning and what we signed up for in lessons. So it puts a completely different perspective on why we're here. Well, absolutely. Right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I just, I had never heard about any of this until, you know, <laughs> I, I met you. I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's a fascinating way to raise even a family and especially children, if we were learning this from the beginning, like, mm-hmm. why did I contract with you? You know, um, we wouldn't have so much pain. I mean, there's so many people, especially when it comes to death, that hold on to so much pain because they lost somebody. And yes, we're human. I want that person because I want that person here. I want yeah. that person here so because you'd be, you'd I want that. Selfish, <laughs> right. That's the selfish part of that. Which is, is yeah. which is typical and it's human and it's yeah. really okay. That emotion is real. But the reality is, is that if I override your contract because of my wants and needs, there's not an honor from a higher perspective and a God source in that at all. And understanding that if I lost you, if you left my life at a critical time, a certain time, an age, whatever, and if I understand, I signed up for that because there's something about this that is really foundational to the reason of me being. That's way different than, oh, my God, my life sucks. Everything's been horrible ever since. Nothing, you know, ever happens good for me. I've been all alone. I'm not worth it. I'm not good enough. I'll never have anybody stay. They'll always leave. I mean, think of the difference in that frequency. Oh, what a miserable. I mean, I just think. For lifetimes. Right. Miserable. Yeah. So it's very important for us to understand also, by the way, that there may be a karmic return, meaning maybe I died in a very, very early situation in the life last time and you now do the flip flop with Mm -hmm. me so that I can experience that understanding of loss, being alone, navigating life without you, etc. So we don't necessarily need to know all the elements of our soul contract. In fact, most of the time we don't and we won't. And why is that? Because we wouldn't have the experience the same if we already knew the information. Right. I mean, there's no way our humanness is supposed to understand our soulness and our soul's um, journey before we journey it because we wouldn't journey it. Well, then there would be no reason sub- for being. Right. <laughs> but also think about your your life would have no um like surprise or no 
Uh-huh. You know, just yeah, awe and what you're doing yeah. and what you come across and the people you meet and um, places you go. And it would take away what we would really need to look at as one of the most important elements of being human, which is our actual free will choice. Mm-hmm. It will take away the concept of free will, meaning if I come in and I know that you're going to leave, I don't have the choice, free will wise, to navigate life as a victim if I chose to. Because I might just choose to navigate my life as a victim. And maybe that's what I came here to do. Or maybe it wasn't. And so now if I wasn't supposed to be the victim, if we can use those words, which really aren't applicable, but we're going to use them anyway. If I wasn't supposed to be the victim, if my whole soul process and my journey and my lesson here was to overcome the victim mode, and I didn't overcome the victim mode, what happens then? Oh, my. Hmm. I go back and I what? Got to learn it somehow. Just do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. And again. And again. And again. Oh, my God. Get me off the roller coaster. Right? Isn't it exhausting? <laughs> right. And and because of the fact that we humans are so easily judging one another, abusing one another, condemning one another, owning victimhood, wanting to be controllers, all of those ridiculous attributes that we do over and over and over again are what actually create and lock us into this karmic wheel, which is not necessarily what the human came here to do. The original design of the human was not necessarily to reincarnate with karmic atonement time after time after time after time. I mean, that's just simply exhausting. Mm -hmm. I mean, God source energy does not have an embodiment until it embodies, until it creates an embodiment, which then creates the journey. And so that wasn't, originally designed to just keep spitting out the other side of the coin over and over and over and over and over. And over. I mean, it's like exhausting. I, I mean, that's understanding that idea that, you, you know, you come back and do the same thing over and over and over and, and even you switch it up. Like you said, you, oh, could, yeah. you could come in as being abused. I'm going to be the abuser. Then, You're going to be the abuser. And then, yeah, it, it's, um, it's, it's so mind boggling that we, don't know more about ourselves that way. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I understand that everything's erased when you, when you come in, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's not all erased. I'm no, gonna, because I'm you start to yeah. now do your self care yeah. and you start to, you know, whatever tools or methods, um, that work for you, um, whether it's meditation or, um, you know, doing energy work or, right. Time you know, even. Yep. right. I mean, any of the, the ask your body the question, yeah, why are you so to your inner voice and, um, that you start to find those things out about yourself, yeah. that there was something there that there's this little net, you know, little fear of, um, safety. Why is that? Yeah. You know, what is it? And, and, and we're as you phenomenal through, human bodies of information if we would allow ourselves to learn how to access it. And again, there's no one way mm-hmm. to do that. Like you said, you named off a lot of different ways to do that. And those ways may change up every day, you know, every other day, every week, every whatever. We can change how we access information or not. But the point is, is that we we haven't even been empowered to think that we have this ability. So and, when, you, when you're looking at this patient and she has that fear of bringing in the wrong type of person mm-hmm. in a relationship. Um, and so she's doing self-care and in, in trying to... to release that fear erase that program yeah we're like a supercomputer she's got that triggered program in here 
This is what is learnable. This is is how we align to our higher selves and our truths mm-hmm. and our knowing is, is to clean out the matrix. See, the matrix came in. Our so-called consciousness container is like a supercomputer matrix with programming that is so completely overloaded. It has so many viruses and bugs in it. It's like we need that what is it, reboot or malware, you know, virus control on our hard <laughs> Ten times drive. times a day. Yeah, and we just got to, like, clean that crap out because we, we, for eons as humans and as a species, have been allowing ourselves to be led by the nose and programmed and, and lied to and, you know, coerced and everything under the sun. So it's mm-hmm. our own fault that we are in these situations, but it's also our own opportunity to go, this no longer applies. Now, at the very same time, the frequencies that we are living in in our earth and in our world and in our planet and in our cosmos are contributing to the ability to Mm -hmm. clean out that hard drive faster and quicker because everything is changing. Light is increasing. Our memories are coming back. Our past lives are coming to the forefront again because this was our birthright as an original species of human, but many, many, many eons of programming and loss of power and believing in the bullshit has has put a like a very heavy blanket on it Mm -hmm. you know like a fog like we've been like we say asleep and it's we're waking up and you know it oftentimes makes me think of um um, you know, when Dorothy and the lion and the guy are, the little guys are running through the poppy fields yeah, and, right. and they, they all fall asleep, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm almost there. I'm almost to the the big, huge beautifulness of the grandeur of life. And then all of a sudden, clunk, I get this, you know, lovely fog and I don't know anything. And we are finally, as a human race, unfogging. We're opening our eyes. We are literally smelling the flowers of reality instead of the bullshit of the poppy smell that put us out. We are remembering what we know. We are coming into our truths of our God source if we're choosing to do that work. And all of us don't have to do the work. Nobody has to do the work. It's not Mm -hmm. a prerequisite of being a human. You can play that recycle game until the cows come home. Mm -hmm. But there's many, many people that are saying, hell no, I'm not doing that anymore. That's not my purpose. That's not why I'm here. And hence why spirituality is, you know, blossoming and awakening and and ascension is happening, et cetera. So, and it works collectively. The more I ascend as a human, the more other humans ascend, the more the planet ascends, the more the cosmos ascends. As the cosmos ascends, it offers us to ascend and the planet, which offers humanity to ascend. It's a cooperative effort. Again, another kind of soul contract. Well, it's amazing when you start to open that up, what becomes visible in your world yep. and what kinds of things come to you, you know, within, within your, um, circle or your world. Um, and again, what I, and I hope for this client and I said to her, um, in rounding this down is remember the only thing that matters is, is that you hear your own voice. Others may not be able to receive your message. Others don't even have to hear it, believe it, care about it. Just hear your own voice of your own truth, because as you emulate that out, if you Put that out if that frequency goes out and you hold that truth that's when joy comes and love goes back and forth and we don't have to worry about judgment so on behalf of kim and i hopefully you got something out of this one and for my client i know you've got this one girl have some fun in that dating world and enjoy the heck out of the joy factor and until next cosmic hugs Thank you so much for listening. You'll hear from us again soon. And for any more information, please check out sworthly.com. Thanks.